too difficult. But my God, He's bigger than any trouble we face. Hallelujah. He's bigger than any mountain. Giants go. 
are greater. You are stronger. Hallelujah. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to heal. You are mighty to cause our mountains to fall into the depths of the sea. You are able and you are worthy. Oh, we love you. We praise you. We put our trust in thee. We thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God. We thank you, Lord, that you never fail us and you never forsake us. In you we put our trust. In you we cast every care and every burden. In you we know greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. In you we know every promise. It is yes and amen. And we thank you, Lord, before the answer comes. We thank you for that healing. We thank you for that new job. We thank you, Lord. The barrier is broken. We thank you, Lord. That turmoil is now peaceful. We thank you, Lord, for every need and every burden. For you are faithful and you are able. And in you we put our trust. Hallelujah. And if you trust the Lord this morning, just shout amen and give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We trust you, Lord. We believe your word. We stand on your promises. We expect, we expect, we expect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. He's faithful. And his promises are true. Get to know the promises. Amen. He's faithful. So whatever you're facing, just remember God is faithful. Life's not always easy, but God is faithful. Amen. Men certainly aren't always uh, nice, but God is always faithful. And we put our confidence in him. We cast every care on him. And in that, we just walk with the victory. Well, good morning. So good to see everybody out this morning. God bless you. Um, Children, it is children's church time. I know they're ready to go. Amen. Pastor, let us go, Pastor. Amen. There they go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10. We're going to preach from a familiar story in the Gospels. And we want to glean some eternal principles on how we can receive from God. I need to receive from God. Amen. And it's good to know how we can do that by looking at the principles in the Bible. So if you would, Mark's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Let's begin in verse 46. And the Bible says that when they came to Jericho as Jesus... And his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now many rebuked him and told him to hush, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Verse 49 says, Jesus stopped. Faith knows how to get a hold of Jesus. He stopped and he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Then throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. 
And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go. I want you to emphasize this this morning. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Your faith has healed you. I want to talk about receiving from God this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the principles of faith and receiving that we are about to study and we are about to embrace and we are about to respond to. Someone here that has a need, Father, let them leave with that need met. Someone that's here facing a situation, let them leave with the inner assurance that you're working and everything's going to be all right. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, receiving from God, 52 is that emphasis, your faith. Jesus said, your faith, not my gift, not God's love, but your faith is the catalyst. Your faith is going to determine much about what you receive from God. Our example and our main character, of course, is a man by the name of Bartimaeus. He was a blind man forced to beg for his living, and he's in a desperate and overlooked condition, and he has much against him, but he received a special touch from God. Doesn't matter what your condition is. If you'll press on and reach towards Jesus, you can change that condition. And by studying this biblical example, we can learn principles that we can apply to our lives about receiving from God. I want to receive, amen? I need to receive. Some people are always looking for it in the wrong places, and that brings a lot more problems, doesn't it? But when you look to the source of your strength, you look to the hope, his name is Jesus. Then you begin to get things in line, you see. You might be here this morning and maybe you desire to possess a a promise. You've read about it in the Bible, but you know you're not walking in it. You know, it's one thing to know about it, another thing to have it. Amen? Well, this story will give us principles on how to receive the blessing of God in our own lives. How to appropriate the promises. It's one thing to read about a piece that passes understanding. Man, I want it to fill my heart and my mind. Can you say amen? I mean, you can talk all you want about he gives his beloved sleep, but I know many Christians that don't get a good night's sleep. They're worried and they're frustrated and they're anxious. We can learn how to lay hold of God's promises and make them our very own. Maybe you're here today and you're just spiritually thirsty and you want more of Jesus. You're hungry for a fresh encounter with God. You want to grow in God. You want to be filled afresh with the power of God. This story will give us wonderful principles of how to advance, how to draw near, how to enter into new depths of your walk and your intimacy with the Lord Jesus. And maybe you're just here this morning and you're facing a problem. You have a serious need and you must have an answer. You must have a breakthrough. Well, this story will give you and I principles and how to receive from God and how to enter into the victory that he desires for your life. Let's just walk through these verses. Very simple message so we can just walk through it. Look at what God's word said. Look at these examples, apply them to our life. Number one, consider, consider, a lot of C's this morning. Consider the events of the day, verses 46 and 47. They came to Jericho with Jesus and his disciples with a large crowd there as he left the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus, you got to hear, he began to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Number one, consider the events of the day. Consider his condition. Bartimaeus outwardly was overlooked. 
He was unimportant as far as society was. He was imprisoned by his circumstances, blind and begging. But inwardly, he was quick to acknowledge his need. And he was quick and ready to respond to his chance to receive and touch the Lord. And it is so important to receive from God to be ready to respond to when the Spirit speaks. When the Spirit moves. When God speaks to you through his word. Just a week or so ago, Christina got a text from one of the ladies with a praise report. She was battling something in her body, had to go get a handful of tests. Every one of them came back beautifully. And then Christina said to me, she goes, yeah, she really got touched by the power of God. A couple services before that or the service before the test. And I didn't see it because Pastor Todd was praying and God was using him, the power of God. But what I did remember, it was one of those services. See, when you leave too quick, you don't know what you're going to miss. It was one of those services where the altar call had an altar call. There was a second altar call. Amen. The presence of God was just so heavy here. They just kind of looked and we just kind of looked at each other like, you can't leave. There's just such here. And I simply said something to the effect, hey, if you need prayer, if you need a touch in your body, come. But what I do remember, I didn't see the dear sister go out under the powers. Pastor Todd prayed. But I remember as soon as I said that, she come flying like, man, someone shot her out of a cannon. She was ready to respond. As soon as she felt the tug of the spirit, she's like, get out of my way. I'm receiving from God, and she did. See, to be slothful and sluggish, you won't receive much from God. The hungry and the thirsty, they receive from God. Amen? The diligent seekers that respond to the word and the prodding of the spirit, they receive from God. So notice here with Bartimaeus, no one's prompting him to cry out to the Lord. He's got no friend there encouraging him. Hey, this is your chance. There's no spouse saying, come on, give it a try. But something on the inside of him was desiring and ready and hungry and ready to reach and believe and to act and receive when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth. And this is so beautiful. He wouldn't allow pity to enslave him. He wouldn't allow apathy of other people to contaminate him. Instead, he had made up his mind. You've got to make up your mind. If a person really wants more of Jesus, if a person really wants to go into a new place with God, a new place in spiritual growth, receiving that fresh touch, that fresh blessing, then like Bartimaeus, you just got to have the attitude that says, if no one else wants it, I'll go at it alone. If no one else is hungry for it, I'll cry out and seek Jesus all by myself. But I will not miss the opportunity when I hear his voice and when I'm prodded by his spirit. Can you say amen? When the spirit speaks, I'm going to move. You need to move. It might be salvation. Don't put it off. Who cares what the person next to you thinks? If God is speaking to you, come and get saved. Come and give your life to Christ. It might be just going getting serious with God and making a fresh commitment. Maybe someone next to you don't care about those things. That's all right. Like Bartimaeus, if you want it, go for it. If you're hungry for more God, then pursue God and go after God. Somebody say amen. God might be calling you to step out and do something you've never done before. He might be calling you to take on a new season in life. If God is speaking, don't sit there and debate it. Respond to it. Respond to it. Reach out. Go for it in Jesus' name. We consider his condition. Let's consider the condition of the day. It was just an ordinary day. You know, God does extra ordinary things on very ordinary days. So stay ready, stay hungry, 
Be in the place where God's moving. You know, Jesus told us in John's Gospel, chapter 5, that he and the Father are always at work. God's always ready. You see, you know, it's just an ordinary day when little David went from being an errand boy to a giant killer and a nation saver. It was just an ordinary day when Abram, 75 years old, been married a long time, no kids. But God says, son... You leave the rest and follow me. You leave that old family. You leave that old... And you follow me because I've got plans for you. And from that one man came nations and the whole world has been blessed. It's just an ordinary day when Moses might have been thinking God had forgotten him and his destiny was behind him. An ordinary day when he heard the words from a burning bush saying, I'm God and you're my man. That long wilderness desert wait is over. Get up. Get going and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It might not be too late for you to press in to your intended destiny. The clock is ticking. If God is speaking, respond, respond, respond. It was just an ordinary day where a woman at the well, a lady that had met so much disappointment and failed relationships, unfulfilled on the inside, rejected, abandoned on the outside, but finally, unexpectedly, she met the one who satisfied her empty soul like nothing else ever would or ever could. She met Jesus. What men couldn't do, what relationships couldn't do, what all these other worldly things could never do. Jesus, on an unexpected day, and this might be your day to give it to God and to come to Christ and make a fresh commitment and let the Spirit of the Lord make you brand new. Just an ordinary day where two young fishermen, maybe 19 and 20 years old, names of Peter and John, They heard the words, follow me and I'll make you. And their lives were never the same. If he's calling you, run after him in Jesus' name. So it was an ordinary day for blind Bartimaeus. When he heard, it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by. I want you to know this morning that he is passing by. Praise God, he's here this morning. He's here in our midst. For every time we gather in his name to praise him, to call on him, every time we have an opportunity to believe his word or to respond to his voice or to act on his promise, he's here, he's here, he's here right now. Waiting for someone to stretch out their faith, someone to believe the promise, someone to respond to the prodding. Consider the fact that he heard. It's important that you hear. So many people hear junk, hear a lot of junk. Watch the junk you listen to. Faith cometh by hearing. Amen. And if you listen to junk, you're going to get faith in junk. Come on, say amen. But if you listen to the word of God, you'll have faith in thus saith the Lord. And that makes all the difference. Stick with me. Stick with me. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, give your people ears to hear what you're speaking to them. It's such a confusing age, this and that. Too many voices. Shut the door on some of those voices. And give an ear to hear the voice that will bring life into your soul, fulfillment to your heart. Hallelujah. Don't downplay the importance of hearing. How can a person believe if they don't? You can't be listening to junk all week long and wondering why I got no faith to believe God. 
can't be listening to the negative and the lies of society and politics. And you can't just feed yourself on that and get nothing to the word of God and wonder why doesn't it move me when they sing? Why? Because all week long you listen to my cheating heart or some other nonsense and the things of God. You don't have a taste for them. When we begin to sing, you ought to feel so at home. You ought to feel like, whoo, glory. If this feels odd, then something wrong with you. Because if you go somewhere else, you'll feel comfortable there. What's that saying? I better move on here. I'm going to save that to the throwing that cloak away, but I'll get there. Give me some time. Hallelujah. Consider the fact that he heard. Faith cometh by hearing. Have an ear to hear what God is saying. Have an ear that's listening for what the word of God is speaking. There's so many examples in the word of God. The woman with the issue of blood, she's an example. Before she pressed through the crowd, before she had that inspired thought about touching the hem of his garment, before she received the miracle, she heard. She heard about Jesus. She heard. For years she had been disappointed, given up, by the doctors, given up by the church, but then she heard. She heard it was Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, hope was revived. And faith was ignited. And a new fight was imparted. And she pressed her way to a miracle. Now Bartimaeus heard, and I want you to hear. I want you to hear this morning. There was one sent from God, and his name was Jesus. He cleansed the leper. He opened the eyes to the blind. He even raised the dead. He walked on the water. He commanded demons to go and storms to cease. He even forgave sins. He willingly went to a cross to take your place and my place. To endure our shame. To endure our punishment. To endure our judgment. That we might be forgiven and we might be made right with God. He rose again triumphant. A worthy sacrifice. But now he waits for those that hear to respond to the good news. To those that hear to come and receive him. And give their lives to him. And put their faith in him. I want you to know this morning that this same Jesus. He is here today. And he loves you. And he's willing to touch you. He's willing to mend you. And he's willing to use you. If you'll just come and respond and give him your very best. And we can only imagine how Bartimaeus' his heart must have exploded when he heard the words. Oh, his heart, hope must have just come alive when he heard all that commotion, all that noise. It's not a parade. Thank God it's not a politician. No, no, no. But it's Jesus of Nazareth passing your way. He heard. And when faith hears, faith considers. I mean, when faith hears, faith considers. Faith considers the possibility of receiving. I mean, I've heard that Jesus, he has saved and healed. He's used, he's helped others. Why not me? I mean, faith comes alive. Faith says, hey, why not me? If God really is no respecter of persons, then why not me? Do not write yourself off. 
God will use you. God will touch you. God will mend you and make you whole. Don't write yourself off because of something in your past or something that you feel you're inferior. We're all inferior to the goodness of God. It's by grace that we've been saved. It's the mercy of God that we're able to press in and receive and be sons and daughters of the living God. Like the old song says, it is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. Tell your neighbor, He'll do it for you, man. He'll do it for you. He'll heal your body. He'll fill you with this spirit. He'll give you another start. He'll mend your inward brokenness. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. And Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Faith considers when it hears the possibility of receiving. You read that Bible and you see a promise? I want that promise. If you're saved, you can say, I want that promise. Amen? That's not just for special people. That's for all God's people. That's what the book says. I'm going to meet the condition. I'm going to receive the promise. God's not, God is not a respecter of person. Now, he is a respecter of principle. And if you don't obey the principle, if you don't meet the condition, you, you put yourself out of the blessing. But if you walk with God, you can have the promise of God. Faith considers the possibility of receiving. Why not me and why not now? Amen? Isn't that right? He's not going to bless me just because I'm an Italian and not bless you, even though he probably likes Italians. I think he does. Amen? But when you read that promise in the Bible, oh, you said I can have peace. Your peace will fill my heart and mind. I've been having anxiety. I'm a child of God. I can have better than that. Lord, you promised peace. He's going to give you the conditions, what you need to do. That I'm going to do this. I'm going to obey, and I'm going to expect your peace. I'm a child of God. I'm different. I don't live for this world. I have a better father. Amen. God Almighty is my father. I'm a child of God. Woo! And all his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. Isn't that right? So when, so when faith hears, that's how we got saved, didn't we? I mean, some of us were bigger messes than others. But finally, we heard the gospel. We said, why not me? Man, if he saves some other rascals, and they're ten times worse than me, then he can save me. If he, if he healed that guy and I knew him, my Lord, I knew how crazy he was. I, I believe he can save me. So faith hears. Faith considers the possibility of you can receive from God. When faith hears, it also considers not only the possibility for receive, of receiving, but the position for receiving. Faith says, what must I do to receive? The day of Pentecost, it said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household. So faith hears, faith believes, but then faith asks, what must I do to position myself to receive that blessing? To position myself to receive God's touch or God's blessing. What action must I take? To position my life for God's best, for God's promotion, for God's impartation, for God's usefulness. What must I do? There are so many, I want God to use me. Well, you got to get in position so he can use you. you got to make the proper adjustments in one's life so you can become usable. He'd love to use you. But when you're out of position, 
What must I do to respond to the invitation of God to receive from heaven, to advance, to grow? What must I lay down? What must I make right? What must I let go? What must be left behind? What must be changed? What action must I take? What promise must I believe? He heard. Now there's more than hearing, but hearing is a good way to start. Because hearing alone is not enough, but you now to hear to start this thing out. You can hear about God's great love and great salvation, Jesus' death on the cross. You can hear about it, but you must respond and come to Jesus. You must give your life to Christ and put your faith in his work on the cross. Again, you can hear about his desire to use you and his willingness to use you. But you've got to give yourself to serve. You've got to make yourself available so he can use you. Because ultimately, remember, when it comes to the things of God, God wants a response from every one of us. God offers it. Jesus paid the price for it. The word of God articulates it, clarifies it. But God desires a response from you and a response from me. Number one, we considered. Number two now, the response of faith. That's the crying, the crying. We see that in verse 47, the shout of Bartimaeus. Oh, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. You see, this faith starts out by hearing, but faith doesn't stay there. Faith is an action word. Faith goes beyond observing to participating. Faith goes beyond hearing to acting, beyond dreaming and talking to pursuing and obeying and sacrificing. Smith Wigglesworth, that great apostle of faith, one time said, inactivity is a robber which steals blessings. Inactivity is a robber that steals blessings. Increase comes from action. By using what you have and knowing your life must be one of going on from faith to faith. God's looking for a response. You see, the blessings of God typically are not like ripe trees, cherries falling off the tree. That's not how it typically works. There's a response to, by men. There's a believing in the heart, crying out with the lips, a running after with the life. The prophet put it like this, Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call on him while he is near. That means move when God speaks to your heart. Make the change in your marriage and in your home when God's dealing with you, husband and wife. Believe and act when God speaks or God deals. In the shout of Bartimaeus, we see in this expression, we see his earnestness. We see his, his sincerity, his urgency, his hunger. And we notice within this shout, this shout, we see the desperation of faith. And crying out to Jesus, Jesus, I need what only you can give. Lord, I'm in a desperate place and you're the only one that can touch me. You're the only one that can save. There is no other name under heaven given to men. Why, where they must be saved. Cry, Jesus, you're the only one that can get me into heaven. You're the only one that can forgive my sins and make me right with God. You're the only one that can baptize me in your spirit. You're the only one that can work in this situation. There's the desperation of faith, which knows, Jesus, I need what only you can give, and I'll do whatever I need to do to touch you and to receive from you. The desperation of faith. And you see in the cry, the thirst of his faith. There's a necessity here of thirsting for receiving. The earnest desire that leads to action. 
Even when others are trying to quench it, even when others are not being supportive of it, he cries out even louder because he thirsts. He knew that was my only answer. And he was determined, I'm going to reach him. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to break through and get what only he can have. Faith is an action word. We see within that cry, there's a desperation. There, there, there's a thirst. There's a willingness. A willingness to lay aside every hindrance. He throws that cloak aside. The willingness that will throw aside any entanglement, anything that's weighing us down, anything that's holding us back. Is there a hobby? Is there a habit? Is there an attitude? Is there an action? Is there a relationship? Is there an unconfessed sin that is holding us back from receiving from God? Lord, let there be nothing between me and thee. You see, it's very interesting, and I'll jump ahead. But one of our latter points is going to be casting. When he threw that cloak aside. And the cloak symbolizes at least two things. Number one, it speaks of identity because that was a special cloak the rabbis had assured he really was blind. He wasn't just trying to make money. He was approved to beg in that culture. And that robe kind of spoke of that. That was a special robe. Amen? But he knew when Jesus was calling, that old man's being left behind. Amen? That old, I'm not that old rascal anymore. Amen? Behold, he makes all things new. I'm, this is gone. Amen? But also, that cloak represents something that could... Hinder him, entangle him, keep him from running to Christ. Now listen, you know, some things when you're stationary and going nowhere are very comforting. But that same thing that is very comforting becomes very entangling when you decide to get up and run after God. That same cloak that would keep him warm all those years would actually be an enemy for him receiving God's best. Many times when you step out and you want to press in for something new of God, something of you got to get laid down. Something of you has got to be put aside. You can't have more of God and expect to keep all the stuff. Let me press on. We're going to get back to that later. I know you can't wait. Hallelujah. These are parts of the response to faith, of a faith that receives. Come on. Can we, can we be honest? Can you be honest in church? Are you allowed to be honest in church? Let's not look at these things as being fanatical. Let's just remember how we used to go after things of this world before we came to Christ. Let's just remember how we went after that career. Give your soul for the company. I mean, go after it. How about that hobby? Oh, that hobby. How about having a good time? Anybody before you get saved go after a good time? We went after it though, didn't we? We didn't say, think that was fanatical, did we? Oh no. So we should not look at these things as being somehow fanatical. No, it's reality. It's biblical principle. If I could go crazy for my hobby and crazy for a good time when I didn't know Christ, then, then why would I feel ashamed if I got serious and on fire now to serve Christ and to reach for Christ? Always remember this. Don't, nothing complicated. Pursuit is the proof of desire. Pursuit is the proof of desire. Amen? How, how, Jerry, how long have you guys been married? Well, how long? 60 years. Amen? 
pursued, didn't you, Jerry? Better believe it. Because pursuit shows us desire, doesn't it? And you can say amen? You getting the point now? You getting the point? Some of y'all have been married a lot of years. Well, you didn't get married by accident. You saw and you pursued. Amen? You desired and you pursued. You don't grow God by accident. You don't press into the deeper things of God by accident. Uh-huh. All right? There has to be desire. But that desire is really shown by pursuit. By pursuit. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to call. I'm willing to show up again and again where she works. I'm willing to accidentally just happen to be there when she's walking by that place. No? I knew my wife's schedule better than she did at college. Are you kidding me? Brother, by that second day, I could have told you every course, every, every route she took, every class, man. I'm just saying, the, it's just, the pursuit is the proof of desire. Can you say amen? And when you want to get serious with God, hey, we see it by how you pursue. I'll move on from that, but I just thought that was... Isn't that true? Didn't happen by accident, does it, brother? You look at someone that's grown in God or received a miracle from God, it doesn't come by accident. It doesn't come by playing with the world and somehow God's just going to feel sorry for you. It comes by pursuing him and casting aside the cloaks that want to entangle you and reaching and hearing. Hallelujah. This response of the cry of faith, this example of um, Bartimaeus just crying out to the Lord, fervently crying out to God. Very often in the Bible, we we see that um, the crying out of a man or a woman, a a child, an adult, it's the trigger, it's the catalyst that leads to divine visitation. This is what releases the arm of the Lord to work in our lives. I mean, you see it throughout the Word of God. We can go Genesis through Revelation. You'll see great victories were achieved. Destinies of individuals, of families, of nations were radically changed. Mighty miracles of provision, protection... Of healing were brought to pass. How? Men and women. Children, adults called on the name of the Lord. Cried out to the living God. And he heard and he answered. And that God has not changed. So we hear and we respond. He cries out. Bartimaeus heard it was Jesus. He recognized he had a need. He had a great need. And he responded when he heard. Of the opportunity. He refused to let the opportunity pass him by. We've considered his condition in the day. We've considered how when he heard, he cried out. He responded. 48, verse 48, we'll call it the continuing. The continuing. Because as he cries out, others say, hush up. As he tries to do it. You know, it's amazing. When he gets serious with God, usually someone close by is going to pour some water on your fire. Sad to say that, but unfortunately that happens. When you get serious with God, some people get jealous. I've seen spouses get jealous. One person gets on fire with God, their spouse jealous. We'll leave that for a marriage class. But anyhow, I'm just, I'm just, I just, I, I hit it all, man. We hit it all. Amen. We will face opposition in our advancement. Be determined not to let it win. There's disappointments. There's things that hit us that we didn't expect. When we make up our minds, I'm going to touch Jesus. I'm going to go forward in God. I'm going to come out of this place into a new season in life in God. I've got to make a choice to overcome it and to outlast it. 
When faith is exercised, faith is often criticized. You can mark that down. When faith is exercised, faith is often criticized. The crowd tried to silence them. The crowd didn't encourage them. You would have thought maybe, hey, that's some, some pity on the poor guy. Amen? Instead, they're saying, hush up. Stay where you belong. Don't change. We like you just like you are. Don't surrender your shout. Don't surrender your effort from pressing on and reaching closer and moving on in Jesus. Ideal circumstances, don't wait for them. They rarely ever come. Faith responds to opposition as well as opportunity. So whether it's salvation, whether it's getting saved, or whether it's just advancing, the crowd will attempt to keep you from Jesus. You mark it down. That broad road that Jesus spoke about and the crowd that's on it, they'll try to discourage you, they'll try to mock you, they'll somehow try to drag your attention away from your pursuing of God and Jesus. Many types of crowd out there. When a person makes up their mind, maybe I want to get saved, or maybe I want to receive a healing, or maybe I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or maybe I'm going to press in and believe God for this area, believe God for this promise. There's always that crowd's voice of deception. Why are you so excited? Don't be a fanatic about this. That's not for today. Miracles are not for healings, not baptism, revival. It's not for today. But faith responds, hey, if Jesus is the same yesterday and today, if God is at work today, then I'm going to continue and I'm going to press on and I'm going to receive today. I'm glad that one day <laughs> we shall see him. And one day, whew, we're not going to have to be praying through. But until that day, there's a whole lot we can get now. There's a whole lot we can possess now. There's a whole lot we can receive now. Somebody say today. Today is your day. Today is your day. Now is your moment to receive that touch, to receive that impartation, to receive that fresh encounter with God. But the crowd will try to keep you. That try it'll say, come on, come on, don't get fanatical. You're young after all. Live life a little bit. I go down that road, we'll never return. The crowd has a voice of Deception has a voice of doubt. You won't get it. You tried that last time. Last time, Brother Uni came, you went down, nothing happened. Last time, Pastor Todd anointed you with all, nothing happened. Why bother? Faith has a response. Today's a new day. I believe God that today is my day. And I will continue and I will receive today. Here's my day. The crowd. Oh, that voice of discouragement. The fear of failure. What if? The misunderstanding of friends. What will people think if I get serious with God? What will people think if I really start making the changes that I know are necessary to go to the next level in God? I mean, some are going to heaven, but man, they didn't get very far in their walk. Because they chose to be very complacent and content in a low level. Now you know that. You know that. Isn't that right? Some of you military guys, I know we got some retirees, etc. 
you got some, they, they join up and some are just hungry. They want to go up through the ranks. They'll take every special class. They'll take every special assignment. They're hungry. They're passionate. They want stripes. They want to commit. They want it. Then you see others just filling in my time. If I can just get by without getting in trouble until I'm out. You see that everywhere you go. When it comes to the Lord, somebody, oh, I'm, I'm saved, or at least I think I'm saved. I don't, I don't I'm comfortable. But then there's others. I met Jesus. Oh, man, I met Jesus. I'm not what I, I'm a born again. I, I want more of God. I want to walk with this God. I want to touch this God. I, he, he's touched me once before. I want another touch. Amen. I want a greater touch. He's used me before. I want him to use me again. There's nothing like it. And I'm willing to pay the price to get it. Hallelujah. Oh, the voice of discouragement. Trying to get people just to stay stationary instead of pressing on and believing on and doing what it takes. But faith responds. Others can do what they want. And past disappointments, they won't control me. If Jesus is passing by, if the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to my heart, then I'm going to stop Him. I'm going to cry out to Him. I'm going to stop Him. I'm going to touch Him. And He's going to touch me. Can you say amen? Faith responds by continuing to call. You got to continue to call when you leave the hyped up, spiritually filled, energized service. And you get back to people that aren't supportive in a job that's not godly. But you got to continue to press and continue to remember I'm going for it. I made up my mind. I'm not going to be a mediocre Christian. I'm going to grow in God. And I'm going to be an on fire Christian. Amen? And I'm going to give God my very best, you see. Faith responds by continuing. And this is so beautiful in verse 49. so beautiful. But hush up, hush up. And he says he cries even louder. And the Bible says, Jesus stopped. Whew. Isn't that awesome? Faith stops him, man. Faith stops him. Faith stops him. You see, not everyone receives from God the same way. But it depends on how we respond to God. I mean, everyone else is enjoying the crowd. Jesus walking through. One got a miracle. One stopped him. Now, they had to believe, they had to hear, they had to call, they had to continue. When opposition and disappointment came, but oh, he cried even louder, and Jesus stopped. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus stopped, and Jesus called him. Wow. Faith gets God's attention. The crowd didn't keep him from his blessing. The crowd. Didn't keep him from his breakthrough. He refused to stop responding and continuing to call on God, impress and believe the promise of God. Talk about the condition, the cry, the continuing. And now, now we get to the casting. And look at that. Verse 49, Jesus stopped. And Jesus said, call him. They called the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. And then verse 50, throwing his cloak aside. Throwing his cloak aside. This is important because he responds immediately and seriously. He throws his cloak aside. And so we ask ourselves, what must, we must rid ourselves 
of things that trip us up, tie us down, and hinder our advancement in God. We've got to move when God calls us to move. We've got to respond when the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts. He's calling you. Can you hear it? He's telling you something. Rise up. Stand up. Move on. Step over that thing. Step over that limitation. Step over that border. Step over that insecurity. Step over that fear. Step over that thing that will take you nowhere. He's calling you to a better place. He's calling you to a fresh touch. He's calling you to a new encounter with the true and the living God. We talked about that. That coat. When Jesus called and Jesus stopped. Critical moment now. You got his attention. If he stops, he's going to talk to you. Make sure there's nothing keeping you from God. Make sure there's nothing that's going to trip you up. So that you will not get to your intended destiny. But that cloak, number one, identity. When you get serious with God, get a new identity. When you get serious with God, forgetting what's behind, we're going to press on to something new. Amen? When you get serious with God, remember, I'm a new creature in Christ. I don't care what the past was. The blood of Jesus has covered it. I don't care about the past failures and the past disappointments. Today is a new day. The blood of Jesus has washed me. My hope is in him. It's a new day. I'm going to throw aside. Because if you don't do that, hell, you can walk with God 30 years and hell keep reminding you of that old. Throw it aside. That's what I used to be. Last time I checked, I got a new father. I got a new heart. I got a new life. I'm not that old guy. Amen. I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. Because if you don't throw that old identity away, hell will use that. Who do you think you are? You can't do that for God. Don't you remember what happened in 1960? Some are saying, I wasn't here yet. Well, you know. Some of us are on the way. Amen. <laughs> Some of us are on the way. Speaks of identity, but then it speaks of entanglements. Think about it. All that time while he's a beggar and a blind man, that coat was comfortable. That coat was his security blanket. Now, if you want to go farther in God, some things that were your security blankets might have to be laid down. Because they're going to trip you up. It's amazing. Some things are wonderful when you're just sitting on the couch and you're stationary. When you're going nowhere. Come on, say amen. But if you got to get up and do something, you can't do it with a robe that's going to trip you up. That, 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 that blanket or whatever, it's gonna, you got to put it out of the way. And some people wonder why the Christian experience is one step forward and two steps back constantly. Most likely there are things you haven't laid aside. And there's things you haven't casted away. And you can look at them and say, well, you know, they're good and I've got good memories. And that was then. This is now. To press on to a new place means casting or throwing aside the things that will trip you up and hold you back from pressing into Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I know it's tough getting that binky out of your mouth, but man, you got to do it. Now, you know, you know, we all raised kids, right? We all raised kids, right? Remember getting that binky out? Remember that? That was a battle, wasn't it? My Lord, oh Lord. Sometimes they wore us down. Oh God, just give it to them. I give up. They give up. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that right? You know, 
And when you, I see some people growing in God, man, they just can't get that binky out of their mouth. They've been walking with God 30 years, but they never really grow because they're not willing to. <laughs> Number five, there's the claiming. There's the claiming. Verse 51. Jesus said, what do you want? I like that. Be ready to admit your need and ask in faith. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Tell him. Talk to him. What is it you want? Lord, I want to grow. Lord, I, I, I want to be used. I consider it such an honor if you use me. And I'm willing to rearrange anything, to adjust anything. I'll start out washing pots and pans if you'll just use me, Lord. I consider it an awesome thought. You died for me and I was such an old wicked sinner. I'd love nothing more, Lord, than to spend my days on this earth serving you somehow. Would you use me, Lord? Lord, I really want the baptism. I really want to praise you and I feel there's something in me that's kind of holding it back. And I just believe if I get that baptism, it'll free me to really enter in because I really want to worship you. I really want to feel free and have these things broken so I can really just love you like I want to love you. What do you want? Let's tell him. Let's admit our need. Let's ask in faith. And 52, the beautiful words of Jesus. Your faith. Your faith. Go your way. Your faith. I mean, faith had to hear. Faith had to respond. Faith had to continue. Faith is not just a simple mental, I believe, I believe. Faith was an action. Faith was enduring. Faith was laying things aside, was it not? All that was faith. Your faith. Go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately, he receives his sight. And number six, commitment. And then he followed Jesus along the way. You see, don't go back after you receive your touch from God. Don't go back to the old way after you receive that blessing from God. Follow him. Continue after him. Keep following and living boldly for Jesus. He has done so much. It's time to give back. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, it's time to open the altar. Glory be to God. Isn't God a good God? Oh, today's your day. Hmm. Let's respond and reach out and touch him. And let's be touched by him. I'd like to get a fresh touch. Let's remove anything that would hinder us from receiving a fresh touch and going into a new place with God. So number one, if you haven't received Jesus, it's not enough just to hear. It's not enough just to maybe agree. But you've got to respond to what you've heard. You've got to put your faith in Christ. You've got to give your life to Christ. You've got to recognize your need like Bartimaeus. Recognize you're a sinner that needs a Savior. And Jesus is the only Savior. But he'll save you if you come to him. For as many as received him, if you'll receive him, he'll give you the power to become a son of God, a child of God. So under salvation, if you're here today, maybe you've been around the church, maybe you've listened. Maybe you're not anti, but you've never personally given your life to Jesus and put your faith in what he did on the cross to forgive you. 
Today's your day. Respond. As we have the altar, come on down. So I want to pray with you. Make it, make it today. As we sing our final song, make it today. For the rest of us, you need a special touch. Do you have a need? Let's tell the Lord what we yearn for. Let's be willing to step aside, put aside anything that will keep us from it. And let's believe. And let's call. And let's expect. Can you say amen? Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory Shata Rondo Ramambe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to prepare a final prayer and we begin to worship. If you've got to go, just at least sing it one time through. If not, come on down. If you need prayer or you just want to pray in your seat, let's believe God together. Father, I thank you this morning that you are not a respecter of persons. But you will touch and you will bless and you will receive. You'll use anyone who comes to you, who trusts and responds to your call. Father, you know every person that's here. You know every need, every hidden thing. You know every righteous desire. Father, in the name of Jesus, please honor the faith of your people. Touch them as they reach out to touch you. Oh, Father, by your spirit, move powerfully at this altar time. Let healing flow. Let fresh fillings flow. Let refreshing and reviving flow. Let the mending power of the Spirit touch hearts and areas of lives that are hurting and that are broken right now. Let the mending power of Jesus Christ be released to heal the broken and hearted. Let the anointing fall to shatter yokes of discouragement or confusion. Let the river of God flow. To bring great refreshing, great reviving. Let your resurrection power, oh God, flow and work mightily in the lives of your people. Oh God, Father, in the name of Jesus we pray. Touch us as we reach out to touch you. Amen. These altars are open. Come and receive your touch.